please direct your attention to the field as the Yankees, New York Presbyterian, and Union 1199-SEIU honor 11 heroes from our community with an incredibly special lineup. How cool is that? How cool is that on Alex Garrett Podcasting that while we were seeing no fans in the stands, 11, that's right, 11 well-deserved fans, healthcare heroes were honored in the very first homestand of the 60-game season. Uh, it reminds me here on Alex Garrett Podcasting of a, of a couple of things. First, the hashtag NYY4NY. When they honor 11 heroes before a non attended by fan game but when they still take the time to say you matter to that and that healthcare heroes should be at this game my goodness that's as awesome as someone throwing out the first pitch that is so cool that the Yankees community before the game against the Boston Red Sox who also were banging their uh, pots and pans in honor of these workers it's very cool and to catch us on Yankee Magazine was just so special to me and I wanted to share that. I had to share that. Because, you know, to be honest, when you watch these games, right? When you watch these games, you're kind of like, well, there's no fans there yet. The crowd noise. And if you're listening on radio, if they didn't tell you they were in New York, you think they were at a regular ball game, which is kind of cool, too. Uh, power of radio, power of audio, right? But listen to this. How cool is that? And they got to run into the field at Yankee Stadium. That is what I mean when I say, why are we not just, why are we only honoring Dr. Fauci? No, we need to honor those healthcare heroes who literally were on the front lines battling this pandemic. By the way, State Department today lifting the travel advisory, which other countries may not do, but looks like things have calmed down as far as COVID. So they've lifted the uh, advisory, which is very good. But that is the sport I know. That is the sport I know. And it reminded me, not only NYY for NY, the hashtag, the Yankees did not get to do, I believe it would be their 11th annual Hope Week. Do you know this week where they honor different people, kids, adults, uh, who have who are disadvantaged or have a disability or something of the like? They have a hope week, and almost every week in that every year, they the Yanks would have a successful homestand during hope week. So while they couldn't do that, I think honoring these frontline heroes is exactly what we needed to see. I think baseball back in one way or another is what we needed to see. I see the Marlins are playing again, but but kudos to the Yankees. Kudos to the Yankees for continuing the tradition of being in the community, having these heroes walk right on, and sometimes they're running right onto the, you know, outfield grass. And so, I mean, what we see isn't obviously the whole picture. And so congratulations to those honored by the front line, by the Yankees. And thank you for your service and your, yeah, more than service, your life-giving uh, performance to keep people who suffer from COVID, who were recovering from it, who had it safe the best you could. I know it was emotional. Some of these people probably witnessed so much loss uh, with relatives dying by themselves. I can't imagine what that was like. 
And so for the Yankees to do this, to honor the frontline workers in New York Stadium, uh, New York, uh, in Yankee Stadium, sorry, uh, is special. It's very cool. And so 11 worthy fans in New York Yankee uh, watching Yankee baseball. Maybe they had to leave. I don't know. But at least they were there for a little bit and got the honor they deserve. A little bit better than a Fauci failed first pitch, wouldn't you say? But there were a couple other things biting at me. And, And the main thing today I want to talk about is there's a lawsuit against the White House to actually have a interpreter at the White House briefing. And this is fascinating to me on a, on a number of levels here on Alex Garrett Podcasting. But firstly, firstly, I, do, I don't know how I feel about having interpreters. Not because we don't need one. I think the deaf who do watch this briefing, and actually, yeah, there are people who watch this briefing with President Trump, should be knowing what's going on. There is no doubt about it. But the one risk I, I feel we run is if we put an interpreter in the same room or in the same thing as President Trump, and let's say the interpreter misinterprets something, I I just don't want to see the, the term fake interpreter on Donald Trump's Twitter. I do not want to see that. And I also think that if you do this, you know, suing Cuomo to do it's one thing, because they don't really, media doesn't budge. Cuomo could send people who are COVID positive to these nursing homes and they get killed there. That's okay. So they didn't really push on the whole interpreter. I know that took a while to scramble to get one for uh, Andrew Cuomo. De Blasio's had one the whole time. But, but, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to pull up the, the article here. The Deaf Association is suing the White House to use sign language interpreters at coronavirus briefings. This isn't a knock. This isn't the left trying to go after Trump for something again. No, this is a legitimate thing. This is a legitimate lawsuit because uh, there are deaf people that probably will watch the briefing and not know what's going on. You know, Trump uses his hands a lot. I mean, I've never seen a president really gesture as much as he does with his hands, but he does. But you still need that interpreter. So the Association of National Association of the Deaf and five Deaf Americans are suing the White House to force Trump to have American Sign Language interpreters at COVID-19 briefings. This has gone to the federal level. This is, they've asked the federal judge to order the White House to add televised interpretation. They, they argue the White House's failure to provide ASL interpreters before the briefing or, or during the related briefings is against the law. And that it violates the First Amendment of the Constitution. And they already have people requesting interpreters. And, and so they say captures are not enough. Now, 
I love that there are people who are deaf still watching this briefing, firstly. But I also, I just want to take a moment to say that interpreters are really the coolest people I know. If you've ever gone to the games for the Physically Challenge, I know I mentioned them a lot there, but if you ever, ever go, you have interpreters. And if you ever get to the opening ceremony, you also have the St. Joseph School for the Deaf doing this big interpretation dance with sign language before the, you know, games got kicked open. And the School for the Deaf would actually uh, be part of the Nassau County Games for the Physically Challenged. They would be part of that. And they will be next year. It's not like the games are going away. Just for this year. And these interpreters. Oh my gosh. Kathy Mack. She just retired this year. An amazing interpreter. So I hope that while they're fighting for this. See I. I also hope. That there's a respect level. Right? I hope there's a respect level for the interpreter firstly. Because. You know. The, the president gets memed so much. So much. All, all the interpreter community needs is for something to be a little off and they get memed and it would be terrible and it would not show the actual good interpreters do. It would not show that. It would say, well, look, this interpreter said this or did this. And then can you imagine if President Trump got upset with an interpreter for mis-signing something? And he like wrote fake sign language interpreter. That'd be terrible too. So I hope with this lawsuit, A, that they get an interpreter. But B, on all fronts, that this interpreter they select is truly respected. Because unfortunately, whenever you associate yourself with Trump or associate yourself with the briefings or something like that, they'll find something wrong with you. And for interpreters, see, again, with Cuomo, it's not a big deal. With de Blasio, he's not his guy. But we're talking about the president. We're talking about a president in this time. If there was a sign language interpreter for Obama, oh, well, that's cool. Nothing would be made of it. If there was one for Bush, Clinton, you know. But with this one, with this president, I do think you're putting the sign language interpreter community at such a, a, a pressure cooker moment. Because here's the thing. They may not, you know, and because President Trump speaks rambling sometimes. Let's be honest about that. Let's be honest about how he sometimes rambles on. And how is someone going to sign that or sign it at the rate he goes? He also talked 5,000 miles a minute. But if, uh, if a signer, if a, a sign language interpreter does miss a cue or something, I just feel like you're opening the door for so much criticism for someone who doesn't deserve that much criticism. I mean, an interpreter. 
under fire. I, I could not imagine a sign language interpreter under fire. And maybe they won't be. Here on Alex Garrett Podcasting, I'd also say maybe they won't be. But this is not a normal White House. The briefings are never normal. The, the coverage of the briefings are never normal. It's always something, and I just, I, if they do sign language interpreting, yes, ASL is important for these briefings. It's a must. You need to have it. But with it comes a respect level. And I pray that either side would respect the way someone sign languages the president's speeches. Because if that community also gets thrown into the fire, it would almost be pathetic, actually. Like, President Trump, if they misinterpret you, you're going to fire off a tweet like that? I don't know if you would. But your, your, your history, your track record says you might actually write fake sign language interpreter. You might actually type that in a if they if they start going after the interpreter. So let's be careful when we're opening up this door. Let's be careful when we say something already so charged. These briefings are hot, uh, hot button topics already. You throw an ASL in there. It could go awry with that too. But I think the federal judge will actually say, I hope he does anyway, that they need the interpreter. And with sign language as a responsibility to the deaf community, we too must have responsibility on how we handle that interpreter. And, and so we'll see how it goes. I'm going to track this story, but I just want to give a shout out to the interpreters I know, the sign readers who work day in and day out, even at Viscardi, for our big uh, sports night gala. They're cool. They're cool peoples. Every one of them. So what are we going to do? Are we going to uh, say no? ASL shouldn't happen. Or are we going to say, you know what? We do need the ASL. We need the First Amendment right to be protected. We need deaf people to be involved in the conversation. So let's do that by providing a safe space for the sign language interpreter. Let's do it. Now, one other thing, because I started to see my memories for different times, and one memory I... I had um, made me think about huh, uh, had me saying like dark days are ahead if Trump gets elected and we'll get through it and then I said uh, we don't know what the ultimate path is I said this all in 2016 I don't think COVID is the ultimate path I just know that that is part of this path we're all on now then I started to look through the last time I was posting about a disease which was Ebola Ebola did hit Manhattan. Remember that panic? There was a huge panic when Ebola hit, yet we didn't shut anything down. 
So again, I beg the question, why did we shut it down now? And when someone yells at me for or shut down for a long period of time, now you can't have indoor dining until Labor Day. But when someone yells at me and tells me what is effing wrong with me for showing an empty city and saying, why is it like this? Because I believe there's a middle ground. I believe there's nothing wrong with me. I believe there's something wrong with an empty street on a Saturday in August. I just believe that in my heart and my soul. And you know why I will continue to fight for New York City? Because I was born here. This city, this the healthcare heroes, the doctors, the nurses have worked so hard to keep me here. And I did not survive 77 days in the NICU unit. I did not survive um, multiple surgeries. I did not survive pain and stomach stuff and and other things to say, yeah, I'm so happy the city is dying. The city that made helped me breathe is dying and I'm supposed to be okay with that? No. No. No one should be okay with this. I am happy to say that I was on a subway recently where there were people on it. Things were starting to come back. This week alone, I noticed. So maybe there is a comeback coming. We all got to be protected. It all comes down to, yes, if you're in close quarters, wear the damn mask. But other than that, we all, all who have been born and raised in New York and love this city, I think owe it to the city itself. Not the mayor, not the governor, but the city itself, the city residents to say, we know you're business owners. You should be open yet. We know you might get sick in the city and you deserve a wing to be seen even if the COVID pandemic comes back. We know the vendors. You guys work hard to set up your little stands. You should be able to do that again. Most importantly, we know that our fellow New Yorkers are cops too. And they should be able to be given safety and be given the right to keep the city safe. So I'm sorry for those who may have left and are happy and, and, and still say, I'm glad it's not open, but I'm not. I'm not comfortable with seeing an empty Saturday in the city. A summer in the city where some tourists are here. We got that report. It's great, but not a lot. Not happy with that. I'm uh, I'm going to keep showing videos of the good, the bad, the ugly in New York. Because you know what? That's what it is. And I, I love this song so much I'm going to play it. This is what it is. We're literally seeing Wild Wild West on our streets and should we be okay with that no we should have the regular crowd of outdoor diners mingling with the downtown crowd of boarded up businesses those boarded up businesses must come back and we must brave through this good this bad and this ugly if we want to unite in new york we are all fighting for our cause one way or another Let's make sure the cause is for the betterment of everyone around us.
I'm Alex Garrett. It's New York City, for goodness sake. Not the Wild Wild West. Let's make it a, a city again. Until then, we must work with the good, the bad, and the ugly.